Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, show number 25, the UK's digital TV and technology podcast. I'm Carl, and with me as ever is our resident technologist, Pete. Headphones on and ready to go. Frequency Cast is driven by feedback from our listeners via frequencycast.co.uk. Here's a look at the lineup for this show as we take another tantalizing take on technology. What to look for when buying a new telly. Local Freeview on the way. A look at the form controversy. Just what is audio description? Plus, your questions on AV senders, DAB+, Wi-Fi and US games. First, here's Pete with the news. Frequency cast. Now loading. News. Time for a look at what's new in the world of TV and tech, starting off with Freeview. Plans are being drawn up for Channel 6, a nationwide local TV service. The group United for Local Television is campaigning for a UK-wide network of local TV stations to fill the void in local TV news and content that's not being filled by the BBC and ITV. Campaigners include local TV operators, voluntary organisations and media campaigners, and the campaign has the backing of 126 MPs. If successful, Channel 6 would launch before the end of the 2012 digital switchover. Also on digital TV, Station 5 Life is set to rebrand as Fiverr from the end of April, aiming to be younger, faster and louder. Next, the Form controversy. Form, spelled P-H-O-R-M, is a US company that's done a deal with broadband providers BT, Virgin Media and TalkTalk. This deal involves collecting information about the websites that consumers are viewing and serving back adverts based on what sites people are looking at. Form claims that no personal information or IP addresses are collected and that this type of activity is the right side of the law. However, privacy and data protection campaigners aren't convinced and neither is creator of the World Wide Web, Sir Tim Berners-Lee, who wants ISPs to keep their hands off his data. Many are referring to Form's practices as data pimping, your ISP selling off your browser history to a third party for advertising purposes. An online petition to Downing Street has already collected over 9,000 signatures from users concerned about their privacy. More information and links in today's show notes and on our blog. Next up, hello, I'm on a plane. UK regulator Ofcom has given approval for the use of mobile phones on planes. Phones will only be able to be used in European airspace and aircraft will need to be kitted out with a Pico cell, a small mobile phone base station. This won't happen quite yet though, as those base stations need to be tested to make sure they don't interfere with navigational equipment. How the service gets rolled out is down to individual airlines. Noise cancelling headphones, anyone? A quick mention for a new service called Mobico. If you've ever lost your phone or deleted a vital phone number, then this service is for you. It currently supports over 200 different models of mobile phones and backs up your phone's address book securely to web space on the net. It works over the air so there's no mucking about with cables and PC software. The service works well and best off it's free. More details in the link on our show notes. Now a quick bit of iTunes news. BBC and Channel 4 have recently added a load more TV shows for download over iTunes. Episodes of Phonejacker, Torchwood, Skins and Life on Mars, as well as Lost Series 4, are all available for £1.89 an episode. You can also get an entire series. The excellent comedy Black Books, a must if you haven't seen it, is available for £7.99 a series, or you can get a series of Little Britain for a tenner. 
It's cheaper than buying on DVD and it's already in an iPod-friendly format. However, note that much of Channel 4's content is currently available free with Channel 4's 4OD service. And finally, staying with the subject of downloadable TV shows, away on business with her husband, a bored housewife downloaded a couple of episodes of her favourite sitcom to her laptop. She was assuming she'd be able to download this video as part of her Vodafone Unlimited data tariff, but as she was in Germany roaming, she was being charged over £4 a meg. Back in the UK, the bill for her to watch four episodes of Friends? Just over £11,000. Seems that no one told her life was going to be that way. Ouch! For more on any of these stories, take a look at today's show notes at www.frequencycast.co.uk. If you're a new listener to the show, don't forget to subscribe to get new show email alerts or add our show feed to iTunes. Frequencycast, now loading. Focus. It's focus time and no fumbling about. Uh, I need to buy a new TV, Pete. So, have you got anything on TVs for me? (laughs) Funny you say that. Uh, The listeners have voted via our website and told us that they would like us to talk about how to buy a new TV, which is handy because your TV needs to go in the skip. Don't you be so rude. Describe your little telly. Little. Yes, and... Telly-like. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Hasn't even got a scart socket. No, so? It's not all about how many pins you've got, you know? It's not all about size. (laughs) Well, I'm afraid it is. So let us discuss the different types of TV that are out there and what to look for if you're buying a new telly. So first off, what different types of telly are there, Carl? Uh, I know, well, I do know there's LCD, which is liquid crystal display. It's a bit like those old calculators you used to get. Yep. Uh, plasma, and uh, that's it. Ah, yeah, okay. Oh, and tube. Uh, tube, yes. Do you know what the acronym is for that? YouTube? CRT, cathode ray tube. So that was the old type of telly. So it's got the big glass tube thing at the back. The other two types you mentioned, LCD and plasma, they are flat screens. Okay, LCD stands for? Liquid crystal display. Oh! And do you know how they work? Like my Toshiba calculator. Actually, I'm going to be all techie here. Here's the science bit, as they say. LCD displays have a backlight that shines through a matrix of tiny little wiggly transistors and liquid crystals, hence LCD. Wiggly? Are you sure that's a scientific bit? So, pros and cons of LCD. Any any thoughts? Um, Do they burn out? Actually, they don't. LCD is one of the few things that doesn't actually burn out. So the pros of LCD, it's regarded as the best value for money. They use 60% less energy than the old uh, cathode ray screens. They don't suffer from flicker and they don't suffer from image burn. Great. Sounds like the one I want. Downside? Downside. The pixels can die. If a few of those die... (laughs) That was getting sad now. All I wanted was a new TV. Now it's telling me the pixels are going to (laughs) die. So yes, you can lose pixels. One or two doesn't matter, but if you start losing 10 or 20 pixels, you may start noticing. The other thing is the backlight can go, but luckily they are replaceable. So the backlight's replaceable, but not the little pixels. Yep, absolutely correct. What about plasma? Any, do you know much about plasma? I, nothing that I can respond to that isn't cheesy, so off you go. <laughs> okay, so plasma... Really good line it was. So plasma's... You had a laugh. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, So plasma is actually a layer of gas sandwiched between two electrically charged plates. Pros for plasma, good quality, nice flat screen, and it does actually have the edge over LCD if you're looking at fast-moving images because it doesn't have the same redraw issue. On the downside, though, there is a slight risk of that picture burn we were talking about, and also the gas actually gets a bit less responsive over time. Uh, Also, plasma screens are a lot more fragile, and they actually do take more energy than LCD. Okay, so it's more fragile. What about the gas becoming less responsive over time? What sort of time scale are we talking about? Uh, Years. Four or five years, minimum. So it makes your telly sort of running for about four or five years, ten maximum? Mm, I don't think it's been around long enough for us to really know, but it is certainly a known phenomenon that the gas does lose its energy over a while. 
Right. I'm going to mention one other one that you won't have heard of, DLP. No, I don't want to get confused. I was just coping <laughs> with the first <laughs> Yeah, DLP's the other one that's out there. Digital light processing. This uses little mirrors that are about the width of a hair. Mirrors? Mirrors, seriously. Mirrors? Seriously. Does this double up as a face mirror, then? <laughs> uh, and it uses sort of back projection technology. Um, it's actually a better contrast ratio than both LCD and plasma, but they do take up a bit more space than LCD and plasma. And because it's kind of projection-y type technology... Uh, there is an issue with the bulbs burning out, so... Um... I don't get that at all, so let's leave it. <laughs> why mirrors? I don't get... Why? What? What are the mirrors doing? Where? Where from? Leave it. Just just don't worry about it. So it's plasma then, yeah? It's... You know, the one we're going for. Can we leave that one and just do the other two? You know what? I must admit, I personally go for LCD. There is a slight bit of picture improvement on plasma from my personal experience. It's all a matter of personal choice. But given that LCD is generally cheaper, uses less power, and actually it's pretty damn good picture uh lcd wins it for me but i know there's a lot of plasma enthusiasts out there great what else do i need to know about buying a telly credit card checkbook what about screen size what do you know about that well i know now this is something i know a little bit about you see the measurement of a tv screen relates to the distance from the left or right hand top corner to the opposite bottom corner so this is a diagonal measurement not a vertical or a horizontal measurement Absolutely, well done. So it is the diagonal distance of the viewable screen area. Well, you could put it like that. I just did, thank you. Um, what uh, type of screen do you want? Do you want uh, 4x3 or 16x9? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Actually, six that's pixels, isn't it? No, it isn't. It's aspect ratio. 4x3 is standard, 16x9 is widescreen. And pretty much you want a widescreen these days. Most TV content's in widescreen these days, so go for widescreen. What if you've made your mind up? Why'd you give me the option, you big tart? <laughs> I couldn't resist. Um, I hate shopping with you. Okay, so what else? What else do we need to know? Well, as you've just turned into a sales assistant, I'm actually looking for a TV screen similar to the size of the one I saw at the IMAX showroom in Tokyo. Just the small nine-footer, please. It was claiming to be the world's largest LCD screen. <laughs> High definition. Should we spend a couple of seconds talking about HD? Yes please does it matter what about blu-ray because they're the two formats aren't they and oh don't get me started yes blu-ray has won the format wars as we covered in the last show hd dvd is dead but also i'm more thinking actual television rather than dvd type stuff so uh, there are two companies pumping out hd live tv content and they are oh the sky and virgin of course i knew that absolutely as we covered back in show 23 so tell me why hd's better if only i was paying attention high definition television better uh don't know more pixels uh yeah more pixels more lines vibrant colors greater detail really crisp picture if you haven't seen hd go down to your local curries dixon's comet whatever have a look at the picture quality you will be amazed okay so hd again some more format stuff you need to know there's two different numbers 720 and 1080 any guesses um one's correct the number of lines so standard telly has uh, 576 lines hd has 720 or 1080 and you get an i or a p at the end which stands for interlaced or progressive you don't have to worry because i'm going to make it easy for you i'm going to pee in a minute so yeah you have a little p and a little i at the end in order of hd quality it's um 720i then 720p then 1080i and right at the top end, 1080p. I've got a headache. <laughs> I thought you might have. So 1080p is right at the very top, but even Sky at the moment, they're HD, they're only broadcasting in 1080i, so 1080i is pretty much good enough. Thank you. Neurofen. Right, I'm now going to scare you. 
This is a picture of the back of my telly. That doesn't scare me too much. And what we're going to talk about is connectors. He says running away. So what are these connectors? This is just giving you an overview of the kind of stuff you can find on the back of a telly. It used to be when you bought a telly, all you had was a mains lead and an aerial socket. Now you've got all this paraphernalia. Let's see which ones of these you recognise. So what's that one there? 15-pin DIN. No, it's a printer connector. It's actually for a PC. So if you've got a laptop or a PC or a Windows Media Centre... You can plug it straight into the back of that and watch your PC on your TV. Quite handy, really. Those are SCART connectors, uh, SCART 1 and SCART 2. Absolutely. I kind of made a mistake with this. I've got a Sony Bravia uh, TV here, and really I should have gone for the one with three SCART sockets because I've run out. So if you are thinking of buying one of these, get more SCARTs than you need. You're bound to use them. Fair point. Uh, What about this lot? Uh, They're phonos. It looks like audio, I'm presuming they're outputs, so that's audio left and right out, and I don't know what the others are. Uh, You've got Y, PBCB... P-R-C-R and phono left and right and on BBC One you've got CBBs you've never seen that before don't know what they're for (laughs) throw it away it's not worth it it's got more connectors than you need on the back yeah exactly so actually these are components take it back and ask for another SCART connector (laughs) these are components so if you've got something like a camcorder or a games console you may want to go into these component sockets oh right yeah, that makes sense. I knew that. Talking about games, can I borrow your Nintendo 64, please? <laughs> a couple of weeks' time, we'll be getting a Nintendo Wii Fit. Okay, so, uh, yeah, we have some audio connections here. We've got this little circular pin thing. That's uh, an S-Video. Here, what's that one there? That looks like a um, USB port. Yeah, almost. It's actually an HDMI high definition. So that's the one that plugs in from your uh, Blu-ray or from your Sky HD box. And again, this was a mistake for me. I only got a TV with one HDMI socket. Now I've got a DVD player and a Sky HD box. I'm out of sockets again. You've just got too much technology, haven't you? It's your own fault. And this little socket on the side there is a big sort of hole in the side of my telly. What's that? Somewhere for your pets to live. (laughs) Have you got a hamster? Hamster. Uh, This is actually a cam slot. So what you can do is you can slide in a module called a cam, which stands for Conditional Access Module. That lets you plug in a subscription card for something like Satanta Sport. All right, so it's a little bit like those old Sky credit card things you put in your Skybox. Yep, absolutely. So that hole plugs in a module. Into that you plug a card and you can get Satanta Sport on your telly. Right, I don't want one of them. Move on. Yes, I will move on. Um, Freeview, final thing I'm going to mention here. Okay, as you know, digital switchover happening by... 2012. Spot on. So the analogue tellies are going to go. If you're going to get a new telly, make sure it's got a built-in Freeview digital TV receiver. Even if you get your TV through Sky or Virgin or something like that, make sure you get a Freeview tuner because in a few years it's all going to be switched off. Even if you don't think you're going to watch Freeview, you never know, you might move, you might not be able to get Sky if you move, uh, you might suddenly want to get subscription-free TV. So make sure you get on with a Freeview tuner, even if you don't think you're going to use it. Okay. Two final points. Positioning. If you're going to stick it on the wall, make sure you've got a wall mount kit that comes with it. They can be extra. Also, make sure your wall, most importantly, can support it. Otherwise, you're going to have a bit of a mishap. Right. And So not a stud wall. Your actual wall with big wall plugs and everything. Uh, I'm also going to mention contrast ratio. I wish you would. <laughs> been a long time since you've mentioned it. Absolutely. Actually, it has. It's been since show 15 since we mentioned it. I looked earlier. You're so sad. <laughs> <laughs> so contrast ratio. If you go and buy a, a flat screen, you'll see this. And it's a little bit of a red herring. Uh, contrast ratio is the difference in steps between black and white. So in theory, the higher the ratio, the better the, the difference between black and white. However, um, one of our show visitors, Linus, got in touch back in show 15 and said... Um, and said, um, said, um, how profound. That was very thoughtful of him. He was quite miffed. He said, sales folk are keen to push bigger is better. 
and you see numbers like 300,000 to 1, 500,000 to 1. He says it's all a bit of a con. Unless you're going to watch telly in a pitch black room, you could be wasting your money going for these big number ratios. In a living room with moderate ambient light, anything higher than, say, 500 to 1, you wouldn't even notice. So it's all a bit of a red herring. Don't really get overstressed by these high ratio numbers. I actually remember that one. Yeah, that wasn't that long ago, was it? So, Carl, here's a question for you. What do you know about audio description? Well, a little bit more than the last time you asked me. (laughs) Yes, we did actually cover this in our update, but for the benefit of those listeners that didn't catch our last update, let's just tell you a little about AD. What can you remember, Carl? Well, it's a service that's provided for the partially sighted. Absolutely right. What it is, is an audio commentary that goes alongside TV programmes. Yes, like the girl in the hotel room who opens a bag and throws money in the air and then she smiles sweetly as someone opens a door or something like that. Absolutely. So it's a nice running commentary. Audio description is available on Sky and Virgin. If you have a Sky set-top box, you can press the services button, go to system setup, OK, and then go to languages and subtitles and press OK to get audio description on Sky. If you've got Virgin, press either the home or guide button, then press 8 for settings, 4 for change display and audio settings. Full details on how to do this on the RNIB site. Sounds nice and simple. What about Freeview? Yeah, audio description is not really that available on Freeview, unfortunately. It is transmitted on some programmes, but it's not available on all boxes. Some TVonics boxes support it, and anyone out there with one of the old NetGem iPlayers will find there's a free upgrade available to allow audio description to run on your iPlayer. All right, there you go. Audio description in a nutshell. Well described. Oh, actually, before we go on, I just want to quickly touch um, on the little update uh, we did a couple of weeks ago. We sent a special update out to our feed subscribers. Oh, yeah, that. Are you all right? Yeah, 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 all right. Thought I'd lost you there for a minute. Yeah, did you see me glaze? Anyway, back to our little update. Yeah, that was a good bit of fun. So how, how do we get on with that? Yeah, after we sent out that update, we did get some really good reviews through iTunes. Fancy reading out a couple of these? Oh, yeah, yeah, reviews. No, give them here. Uh, what do we have here? We had uh, Michael Johnson said, uh, good things can come monthly. Definite must for all you techno gadget lovers. Nice. Um, One from Adam C. I look forward with interest every month to the latest frequency cast show dropping into my iPod Touch. The content is always up to date, relevant and factual, accurate and offering a truly unbiased review of all the latest technology. Excellent. And we had one here from um, RPSN, the most informative, witty and entertaining British podcast by a mile. Great audio quality. And we've got one here from TechFee. Good content. The subject matter covered in this podcast is interesting, principally consists of up to date information from a team who are clearly knowledgeable. He's only given us one star. Excellent. Thanks for that, TechFee, and thanks to everyone for giving us those reviews. If you'd like to add a review, please go to our iTunes page and say some nice words about us. Yeah, go check it out. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. And straight into interaction with our first question. Chris Dilly asks, Do you know of any TV senders that do not suffer from interference from wireless broadband routers? I wish to send my TV from one room to another, but currently get interference from my wireless internet router. Yes, a little bit of a problem. Wi-Fi and video senders both operate in the 2.4 GHz frequency band, as well as baby monitors, doorbells and cordless phones. So interference isn't uncommon. A couple of options spring to mind. First off, try changing the Wi-Fi channel number that your wireless router uses. There are 13 to choose from. Failing that, we've had good reports about the wireless AV system from Gizoo, which has four selectable channels. See our show notes. Now, here's a podline call about the Virgin Media V Plus box. Hi, my name is Nilesh, calling from Edgeware. My question is regarding uh, uh, the Virgin Media V Plus box with the Vista Media Center. 
I'd be good to find some more details on this topic, please. Thank you. Yes, you can connect a Virgin Media V Plus box to a Windows Media Center. Your Media Center will need a TV card, so it can handle the output of the V Plus box. For the best quality, look for a TV card that can accept a component or S video input, as that's generally better quality than the standard RF aerial input. It's pretty much the same process as getting TV on your PC, as we discussed in depth in show 18. And Paul Stoman's mailed in. He says, "Just finished listening to show 24. I love the female voice at the beginning of the show. How does Carl get his voice so high?" Oh, ha ha! Very funny. Or should I say, oh ha ha! Very funny. Anyway, back to the mail. He says the DAB news really made me think. Would it be possible to upgrade to DAB Plus? I have a pure DMX50, which has the ability to upgrade its firmware. Is it just a case of firmware upgrade, or does DAB Plus need new components to receive DAB Plus? Good question. Sorry, Paul, but it's all to do with the receiver module inside a DAB radio that decodes the DAB signal. For radios without a DAB Plus module, which does include the DMX50, it's not a software fix. Although manufacturers such as Pure may offer a return to factory replacement, we'll have to wait and see. Paul also asked if FM radio will eventually be phased out. Well, there are no immediate plans. Parts of the industry are lobbying for an FM switch-off date to be announced, as this will boost the switch over to digital radio. Yes, FM radio will probably go at some point, but we reckon it's got at least well a decade or so at a minimum. And hi also to Cole Atkins. He's only interested in lightweight Walkman-style radios. None of the reviews of DAB portables he's read give comparisons of the receiver front-end sensitivity, i.e., sensitivity to weak signals. Why is this? Great question. I wish I knew the answer. It's pretty much the same with things like Freeview boxes and mobile phones. Manufacturers and reviewers are far more interested in pushing features, not how good, say, a mobile phone is at being a phone, or a radio or TV receiver is at receiving. Our guess: manufacturers don't reveal this information as they don't want to advertise their product as less good than a rival's. If you happen to know of a site that compares DAB radio sensitivity, please let us know. Ian Walters, aka Stretch, has also been in touch. He says, "I'd like to thank you for a brilliant show. I love the humour and light-hearted approach to the discombobulating world of technology." He's got some questions on the BT Home Hub. How can I extend the range of my Home Hub? Is there a successful way to? Is there a successful way to? Is there a successful way to add a repeater? If so, what should I get? Hi, Stretch. Say、so、you're after stretching the range of your BT Home Hub, are you? Well, we did a special audio show covering the BT Home Hub, talking about a number of ways of improving your reception, such as moving it away from metal and keeping it central to your house. If those tips don't do you any good, you can get yourself a wireless extender. We've had good results with the Wireless G range extender available from Maplin. Links on our show notes. Stretch also asks, would it be possible to see the faces of the folks who put such great effort into the show on the Frequency Cast website? Now, why, how did what? Why the hell? Can I finish? How did Frequency Cast begin? <laughs> It was a late Thursday night as the wind whistled through the trees. Abruptly, the silence was broken by the resounding scream of a red Indian. A swashbuckling cowboy leapt onto the roof of the palace. The princess had been sleeping for years. <laughs> But that's a story for another day. That's a story for another day. Absolutely. Seriously, do you think、um, anyone's actually interested in finding out a bit more about us and how we got started and actually who we are, or do you think no? No. Thank you for your insightful comments. I don't know. I'm not interested in you. I'm sick of the sight of you. We won't do that. <laughs> If anybody out there actually does want to know anything about us, drop us a message and let's you know. If we get half a dozen messages asking us a few personal questions, maybe we'll devote a little bit of、uh, the next show to talking about us idiots. 
Yes, drop us an email or a text if you want to know Pete's PIN number. So get in touch if you're interested. Anyway, what's next? So, uh, the digital dinosaur says, I've previously... Oh, he's back, is he? I've pre- Apparently so. I've previously asked you to guarantee that the products you review will have a decent shelf life so that they don't join my Betamax VCR and Minidisc player. Then, in the current podcast, you say that DAB radios are to be replaced and HD DVD is going to bite the dust. You then talk about the Revo Blick radio being future-proof. In light of your previous predictions, how dare you make such outrageous statements? And there's not going to be another tsunami this week. (laughs) And he then says, I think, for the benefit of your listeners, you should stop broadcasting for a year or three years and then review the products you were talking about today to really see if they have a decent shelf life. Well, like you. (laughs) What a good scheme. And Frequency Cast is now closing down. A quick hi to Gordon Hall. He's added our RSS feed to a new service called prontopage.com that lets you create a customised homepage with stacks of widgets, including the ability to add podcasts. Nice site, and also good to have you aboard, Gordon. Now, time for a call to our pod line. Hello, my name is Mo. I'm calling from Manchester here in the UK, and I'm basically very intrigued by your podcast. I just thought I would comment on your podcast and also give you guys some sites of interest. The first site I'd like to mention is aria.co.uk, that's spelled A-R-I-A. This is one of the UK's cheapest shops for PC components, electronics and gadgets, and there's something for virtually everyone. The other one that I've got for you is direct-usb-store.co.uk. Anything and everything to do with USB, from USB hubs from 99p to card readers, any USB device really, I think they... Another site which I found quite useful was IWantOneOfThose.com. It's a huge gadget site, and for anyone like yourself who's into gadgets, that would be a great site to explore. Thanks, Mabeen. Good to hear from you, and thanks for the recommendations. We'll add them to our site. A text in from Six Foot Squirrel. I was just wondering if you could tell me why there's such a big gap between releasing a game in the US and over here. I own a Wii, and the US has just got Super Smash Brothers Brawl, but no UK date has been announced. Any thoughts? Good ear, innit? Well, there's a few reasons. In the UK, we use a different TV format, PAL, which has to be handled slightly differently. Also, games released in the EU require translation into different languages, which results in more testing. Then there's packaging changes, marketing, distribution, they all add up. If I'm being cynical, it's also something to do with the fact that big-name producers are usually in the US, and there's a much bigger market out there, so games producers see much faster revenue returns by going to the US first. It sucks, but such is life, I'm afraid. In the US, the games are cheaper too, and their Big Macs are bigger. Now, here's a call to the pod line. Hello, I have a question for you on Brian the Brain. I've come across your FAQ on your website. Can you tell me how to connect an MP3 player to Brian the Brain to make him play music? Thank you very much. My name is Mandy and I'm calling from Edinburgh. I'll take this one, Pete. Hi there, Mandy. The first thing you're going to need is a 3.5mm jack plug lead to 3.5mm jack. Links to a suitable lead and where you can purchase one from are on today's show notes. Once you've got one, turn on Brian the Brain as normal, then say, Hey, Brian. Yo, dude, is there something you want to do? Say what you want to do. Music. They say that music soothes the wild beast. So what's your excuse? Did you want to listen to some tunes? Say yes or no. Yes. Make sure your music player is plugged in. Now by this he means take one end of your 3.5mm lead and plug it into the headphone output of your MP3 player and plug the other end into the back bass of Brian the Brain. Uh, Plug that in there 
and then you're ready. Turn on your player. Let's get down and boogie. Hi to Richard Curtis, who's pointed us at the Tranquil PC home media server, £639 plus VAT. Hi also to Graham Noon. He's been using Homeplug Turbos on his home network. These save you having to run cables all over your house, as you can send computer network information over the house's mains wiring. He's just gone for BT Vision, and found that the power line adapters that BT supply aren't compatible with his Homeplug Turbos. He's asked us to pass this on to FrequencyCast listeners, so they don't make the same mistake. Yes, sadly, over the mains networking adapters aren't often compatible with rival products. Thanks also to Mike for suggesting the following web address www.channelchooser.com as a site that lets you watch a number of live TV channels from around the world. Interesting site. Yeah, first of all, I'd like to say a very special thanks to everyone who's ever responded to the show, what with your text, your emails, etc. Which leads us on to something else we want to talk about. Oh yeah, a little club. Gang, posse, crew, fellowship, guild, executive club. What we're thinking is we're after the help of some real hardcore frequency cast listeners. So we're putting together a special panel. Bunch of consultants, if you like, platinum membership. We haven't quite worked out the name for this yet. But this will be frequency cast listeners that really want to get involved with the development of this show. Now this will be a privileged position because we only actually have space for about 20 people absolutely yeah so if you are interested and you are one of our hardcore listeners we need you to text us the following information on our number that will be coming up shortly what we want you to text us is your name your email address and what you think the club should be called yeah we're thinking something like platinum membership or fellowship or guild give us your ideas and we're going to pick a few of you to help us shape the future of frequency cast well that's it for interaction and for this frequency cast Please get in touch with your comments on today's show, or if you have any questions you'd like us to answer in the next show. You can leave us a voicemail message on 0208 133 4567. You can send us an email from the Contact Us link on our website, or you can send us a text message from your mobile phone on 07882 043 521. Remember to check out the show notes for this show show 25 for links to everything we've discussed today while you're there click the add us to itunes button or sign up to our email alert to get new shows as they're released our web address is www.frequencycast.co.uk so that's it for this show of consumer advice description that's nice controversy of form and preview the norm catch you on the next show and please spread the word frequency cast shut down in progress Well, that's all for this show. Keep the feedback coming and make sure you visit our website for details of what we discussed in today's tantalising take on technology. Point your browser at www.frequencycast.co.uk Frequencycast. Shutdown complete.